Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the In The Truck Podcast. I'm your host as always, Dennis Brown. Did you ever think we would get to 95 episodes on one platform? Episode 95. Hey, so a couple weeks ago we were talking about election stuff, which electoral politics are really not my thing. I'm super not into it. I find it incredibly boring. But nonetheless... It's what the folks are talking about. And I told you the polls at the time were showing that the Democrats were going to have this great, great showing in November. And they were going to win the House and win the Senate. And Trump was going to be in so much trouble. And Nancy Pelosi was even talking about becoming Speaker of the House again. The news media was legitimately asking... Democrat Congress people whether or not they were going to support Nancy Pelosi to be speaker. And I told you then it was insane and that all these polling projections just like with Hillary Clinton and the presidency were going to creep back to reality and that they use it as a political tool. They think that it makes our candidates look better. They think it helps them win elections to say that they're winning. Despite the fact that even in liberal polls, Trump's approval ratings are through the roof among minorities, among women. They're trying to pretend that somehow, despite the fact that the president is a Republican and the president who is a Republican is very popular (laughs) to to their great dismay that the Democrats are going to have a great showing in the midterms which they're not going to. And so I said, though, as it gets closer, the polls are going to creep back because these poll companies are companies. And even though they're very left-leaning, even though they have a, a interest in the Democrats winning and leftist policies being passed, they also need to make money. And the way they make money is by hiring, getting hired to do polls. And the reason they get hired to do polls is because they can tout their accuracy in the past so they can't let it go forever they're totally out there so towards the end they got to creep back so they've already started creeping back a bunch of these races where the democrat was leading for a congressional race or for a senate race by double digits now is already even in reality all along the republican candidate was probably going to win is going to win i think what's actually going to happen is the Essentially, the House races are going to wash. It's going to be the same proportional. Representation. And then the Senate, I think the Republicans are actually going to pick up seats. I think they might pick up maybe two seats. And these pollsters have to tell the truth as it gets closer. They can't. So as that's happened, as the polls have changed and gone closer and closer, that leaves the Democrat Party in a conundrum because they they and their media allies have been saying for two years that Donald Trump is the most unpopular president, that the people reject him. They've told their followers that they're in the majority over and over and over and over again, talking about popular vote. So it's not feasible then. It's feasible that there's a fluke where this one guy won the presidency 
And that's why they clung so tightly to the Russian narrative. This idea that it's not possible that Donald Trump legitimately won the presidency of the United States because the American people reject his message of secure borders and common sense spending, populist, whatever. And so it had to been the Russians which I know I've talked about before, but still makes me laugh that we've, we've gone back to like 80s movie villain to try to explain it away. So, as this election gets closer and closer, the Democrats have to come up with something. They have to come up with a story, a narrative. Because much like Hillary Clinton, who canceled her celebratory fireworks display a week before the election, at some point they know the truth. These people, as much as I like to make fun of them, they're professionals. They've been doing this a long time. They know what's up. They know who's going to win and lose way before. Like this Beto Beto guy, the, the Irish, the, well, he's an American, but the American of Irish descent in Texas who was running against Ted Cruz, who the media has been in love with for a long time, and he's raised a bunch of money. I think he raised $48 million, and he hardly spent any of it. And the DNC came out and they were like, uh, you got to give us some of that money so we can try to win some competitive races because it's become clear that Beto doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell to beat Ted Cruz in Texas. Because I, I don't think he ever really wanted to, or ever thought he could win the Senate seat. I think he was running for president. He's just trying to get his name out there. So he's talking about gun control and a bunch of social commie, socialist commie stuff. I think he's trying to position himself for run for president. So he doesn't want to give the Democrat Party the money because they're going to spend it. He wants to hang on to it for his presidential campaign in two years. Give him a nice head start. So they got to come up with something. they got to come up with a story. they got to come up with a reason what happened. As it gets closer and they realize they're going to lose, they got to have a, an out to tell the people so what creative, wonderful, lovely tale did they invent to explain away their electoral disaster they're about to suffer despite two years of telling everyone that the American people wanted them? Yeah, it's the Russians again. That's what they've gone back to. That's the best thing they could come up with. So for two years they've had an investigation that revealed no meddling by the Russian government or collusion with Donald Trump and the Russians. And so now, excuse me, now that they are uh, about to lose another election, they've preemptively decided the Russians are meddling. It's on the front page of Huffington Post. Russian meddling in the midterms financed by oligarchs. The term oligarch, we only use it when we talk about Russian businessmen. In America, they're not oligarchs. They're executives, they're CEOs, they're business people, they're entrepreneurs, they're other positive terms. In Russia, business people who are successful are oligarchs. Sounds dark and evil. So the Russian oligarchs have come with their money to influence our delicate little elections. Now, that's not true. And like I've explained before, 
what was happening in the last election was the Russians assumed Hillary would win and they were trying to sow division in advance to make her a less effective president. The fact that Trump won surprised the Russians as much as it surprised everyone else, including probably Donald Trump. So yeah, if the Russians are back to supposedly meddling in the election... Yeah, of course it's paid for by expensive business people or government or whatever. That's how it works. Everybody got their panties in a wad. But it's just a story that they've they got to come up with something, right? They can't go back to the American people and be like, we told you for two years America rejects this message, and that's why we lost more seats in Congress and in the, in the Senate, because America wants socialism. They can't admit that it's their agenda or lack of agenda or their policies or lack of policies. They have to come up with an outside force that's stopping them and stopping the American people from achieving their true goal of inefficient garbage health care, high taxes, negative economic growth, and stupid politically correct culture. So yeah, so yes, that's they come up with. That's the best they could do. The Russians are coming. So stupid. Does does anyone believe that? I guess there are people who are who bought into the collusion thing all along. Oh my goodness, you hate me. Um, I need coffee quickly. They probably totally buy into the Russian narrative. They they've believed it all the time. They don't, they can't believe they live in a country that would elect a man who spoke crudely? I'm not sure. I don't know. I can't, I never really figured out what his huge crime was. But I do know that they think he's evil. So there's that. So yeah, just so you know, that's what happened. The Democrats are going to lose. And how do you know? Because the Huffington Post is already blaming the Russians. Today's podcast is brought to you by my book, The Toxic Masculinity Crisis, available now on Amazon.com. So here's what you do. You go to Amazon.com. You search in their little search function, Toxic Masculinity Crisis. You see my book there, written by Dennis M. Brown. You click the buy button, $11.99. Then you put all your info in there, and they send the book to you. And then you can read it. You can read the stories about what a man is, what a man is supposed to be, why men have this innate masculinity, what's it for, and what should a man be doing in order to make himself the best possible man he can be. And let me give you a tip. What a man should be doing to become his best self in this world is not be more feminine. The answer is not to get in touch with his emotions more. The answer is not to cry more. The answer is not to be more sensitive. Although if a, if a gentleman happens to be any of those things, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not what you need to develop yourself into. So the secret to that is all there in the toxic masculinity crisis. Available now, Amazon.com. Also on Kindle at the Kindle Marketplace. At the Kindle Marketplace, it's only $4.99. So if you forego the pleasure of a book in your hand and read it on a tablet or on your phone, you can save yourself some money. 
Do you ever have something strange happen on social media, like weird people follow you? You wonder, like, what's the deal with that? I had a resist account follow me one time, like a blue wave, resist, hate Trump, whatever. I thought, that's weird. I'm not a huge Trump guy. I don't go around tweeting about Trump all day. But um, I thought, that's odd. I wonder why they follow me. So I, I just, I DM the lady. I'm like, why? Not that I mind, but, you know, why did you pick me to follow? And it was somebody had said something that, that she disagreed with, and I re- retorted or rebutted their argument with something she did agree with. And so she thought it'd be worth it. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, we can, you know, we can agree on some things and disagree on others. I said, well, just so you know, you're probably in the course of <laughs> following me going to see some things you disagree with. But, you know, as long as you can be cool, feel free to let me know how you feel about it. So she said, yeah, absolutely. So it was cool. That was a nice little moment. So over the last two days, I've been followed on Twitter by a bunch of people who seem connected. So first, it was IWV, which is the Independent Women's Voice. And then it was IWF, Independent Women's Forum. Both appear to be think tanks. (laughs) If you read their little bio... They're talking about advancing policies that advance women's freedom, choices, opportunities for real. You know, like policies that have actual impact on on people's lives. And then today I was followed by the CEO of the IVW. Or no, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. IWV, the Independent Woman's Voice. And she's also a board member. Same woman, Heather Higgins. She's also a board member of the... IWF Independent Women's Forum and I thought how odd that in 24 hours all these people or accounts <laughs> all three have hundreds of thousands of followers um, followed me I've kind of been on a Twitter hiatus I haven't been tweeting a whole lot I wondered if it was because of the podcast I did the other day where I talked about feminism or women or something. I think I did one recently where I ranted and raved about choice mattering. You know, women having real choice and if they want to be housewives, let them be housewives. The reality is that I am totally 110% in favor of women having maximum freedom, maximum choice, maximum economic opportunity just like I am for men. All people. I think all people should be able to do what they want to do. Pursue the the career they're into. um, Be safe. Be able to speak their mind. Now, I happen to think that the, the societal structure that best allows that is a strong patriarchy. And mostly what I talk about, because I think it's much more pressing. Well, for me personally, I guess it's more pressing because I'm not a woman. But uh, mostly what I talk about is men's stuff, right? Hence the book, The Toxic Masculinity Crisis. I think that women are best able to be their independent, strong, free selves with strong men around. I think that's important. I think that's an important component. And so I focused on that. Um, That's not to say that I don't think women are awesome. I've got a mom who's fantastic. I've got a wife who's beyond fantastic. I've got three wonderful daughters. 
definitely into women's stuff. But like I said before, with feminism, it's not my place. Like, you never should trust a male feminist, right? I've said it once. I've said it 10,000 times. All allies are creepers. Every man who says he's a feminist should be suspect. Now, that's not to say that there aren't men out there that are just regular guys who, like me, think women are great and should have all the opportunity in the world, be safe and all these things. And his sister says, don't you believe women are equal? Don't you believe women should have equal opportunity to men? And he's like, yeah, I do. Because I believe that. And then his sister tells him, you're a feminist. So then he says, I'm a feminist. So if you ask that guy, like, oh, what do you mean that you're a feminist? And he's like, oh, I think that women should have equal opportunity to men. I don't think they should be discriminated against for being female. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I don't classify that as a feminist, right? That's just a regular guy who understands that women are human beings. Nothing wrong with that. It's the ones that want to go to the march. It's the ones who say, I'm not going to talk anymore because men talk too much. And now it's you ladies' turn to talk, and I'm going to just sit quietly and do what I'm told. There was a guy who famously tweeted, I'm, I'm not going to consider myself a feminist until women tell me I'm doing it right. Like, how pathetic. But what that is... Anyway, that's not feminism. It's a bunch of lecherous nonsense. They're trying to weasel their way in close. So I just found it interesting that these groups and this CEO, so it's fascinating, like, what's the deal? So I messaged the CEO, like, hey, I don't want to be rude or anything, but I'm just curious, what made you decide to uh, follow my account and what's the deal? So I'll let you know if she gets back to me on that, but I just thought it was interesting and I wondered if any of you had ever been through that where... Uh, somebody sort of out of the blue that, that uh, seemed atypical of your usual followers happened to uh, to follow you or or uh, get involved with you on social media. So it's just a weird thing, you know, you get out there on social media and you're kind of accessible to the whole world. And honestly, any one of them by itself, I wouldn't have probably paid any attention to, especially the, the companies or those think tanks, because groups like that are constantly, I think, trying to build their following by following other people. And uh, I just would have ignored it. And um, But yeah, when the, when the three in a row, bing, 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 I was like, what? What's going on with that? So I'm just, you know, like I said, I 100% believe in what they're doing, though I don't talk about it a whole lot. Um, but because I don't really talk about it, I thought it was strange. But then I thought maybe it was from the podcast where I talked about housewives. Who knows? I'll let you know. If I find out, I'll let you know. Listen, it's Friday. We have all had enough of the week. So I am going to go enjoy my weekend. We're going to a little high school football game here in a minute. And um, going to enjoy that. And the rest of the weekend is crazy busy. So listen, I hope everyone has a fantastic weekend this weekend. Have a good time. Relax. Spend some time with some loved ones. Don't do anything crazy. And we will talk to you on Monday.